Train to miss my car. Dude, it's Pokemon. I'm way into Pokemon right now. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Sketchy Podcast. I'm Corey, and with me, as always, is acclaimed author and small wooden puppet who identifies as a real boy, Michael Marshman. How you doing, man? I'm all right. <laughs> Don't be telling no lies, bro. How you doing? <laughs> Holy shit. Hang on. i got to move the light here. This is dark as fuck. There we go. You're getting a peek behind the curtain there, people. There we go. Um, okay. <laughs> did, did you just assume my identity? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because if there's one thing that you're very much like, it's a small wooden puppet who thinks he's a oh, real boy. <laughs> if I was a little bitch, I'd be offended. <laughs> right on. <clears throat> So uh, what are we doing here? This is a pretty sketchy podcast. Uh, Michael wrote a comic book. I'm illustrating that comic book right here um, so you guys can see what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, we talk shit while we do it. So um, what's going on, man? How's, how's your week? Um, very uneventful. To yeah. Be um, I think it was like last week. I, um, I went to a movie marathon. Oh, right on. Which is... Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been on one of those in ages. How'd I, um, you go? Did you survive? Saw the... Oh, yeah, it was fine. It started at 12.30 in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Finished at like 6-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went and saw the three Evangelion movies that have been released so far. Oh, wow. Which, you you know, know about Evangelion, right? Yeah, like, you're, briefly. I've never watched it. You, you're kind of... Okay. Yeah, I kind right. of Well, it. that's all you need to know. Okay, cool. <laughs> watch, watch three movies in a row. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So, yeah, what was, was the good. crowd was... like? Was it full? Or like, I mean, there's a lot of pricks out there like anime, so you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a small cinema. Yeah, it wasn't big. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of the small ones at Denti. Um, I was at Denti, but Denti. it was just yeah, it was just about full, if, if I remember correctly. Mm. There may have been like four empty seats or five empty seats. So, okay, yeah, good good turnout. And it was um, it was a bit more. Uh, diverse than what i okay. thought it would be yeah. so, <laughs> you're like yeah this is just gonna be like asians <laughs> i'm not, not not even that but like asians and like just you know white anime dudes but yeah yeah no, pasty was, white was dudes and asian dudes that's cool man I, I really like that there's a culture out there that'll support stuff like that you know um yeah it's mad uh, Just, so, before anyone jumps on the aisles, I am one of those pasty white dudes. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no offense. Um, yeah, so um, was there like, you know, cosplayers and shit like that? People turn out on mass or is it just like, nah, now's my nah, time to shine. Like... Nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah, I nah. think those, those kind of like cosplayers only turn out for like big events. Yeah, that's right. Where there's that's more than, you know, 50 people. Yeah, that's right. It's like... <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to stand out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. No, that's that's mad, man. What, do they do that sort of thing regularly, or um, was it was this like a one-off um, thing, or? Well, this is the first time they've done those movies. Yeah. Um, they do occasionally do stuff like that. Nothing has really piqued my interest to that extent that made me want to go. But yeah, every every now and then they'll. Check Wait, out something were, like that. Were we talking about um, uh, what was it? A marathon? The playing all, oh, who's playing all the Ghibli films? That's like a, that's more of a Ghibli thing. Um, 
because it's like a collection of different cinemas are doing it. Oh, um, okay, right, yeah. okay. It's I'm not sure. it's not just a fan. Yeah, so it's like, like No. No. It's um yeah, like some Hoyts are playing it, some events are playing it, some greater unions are playing it. Um yeah, it's like a joint sort of venture kind okay. of thing. Which is right. pretty cool. Gives yeah, gives yeah. more people access to it and Wait, so so hang on, are certain cinemas playing certain movies or are they, you know, they're just all coming out in cinema so everyone's having a crack at it? I'm pretty sure everyone's having a crack at it. Oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah, all right. So it's less of an it's event. It's just a matter thing. of finding. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of finding what session you want to go to and what mm. day it's on. Because, like, they're not playing all of them every day. It's a certain few every day for, like, I think it's like two weeks yeah. or something like that. So, yeah. And they're, they're playing, like, the Japanese and English versions right on. at different times as well. So if you've got, like, a, a preference... Which I do with some of them. Some of them. Other ones I don't really give a shit. But yeah, you know. Fair enough, yeah. I think it's just, yeah, reaching as wide an audience as possible, which is definitely a good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's really cool. Um, they got to revisit these classics from time to time. Like, you know, something like Akira would do well if they did it. Like, that's the kind of movie I reckon you could get away with. In the city years ago, they used to, um, they used to do a a midnight screening every Friday night of uh, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Mm. And I feel like you could get away with doing something like that with with Akira, you know, or something. Just because uh, it's, yeah. it's one of those, th- like t- for a lot of people, that's the, that's the movie that started it all as far as the Western love of anime. Outside, outside of things like, you know, your, your cartoon staples like Astro Boy and Voltron and shit like that. Um, yeah and uh robotech and things like that but as far as grown-up cinema um to me at least that was my first foray into that i saw that and went what the fuck am i watching this is like nothing i've ever seen (laughs) you know it's my childhood but like growing up (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah it it, i think it opened a lot of people's eyes Mm -hmm. to like what animation is capable of yeah 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 for sure um and you know, just just the level of detail that they went to. Like this, the cartoons were always kind of cool, um, but there was definitely like a lot of corners cut as far as the animation went. You know, whereas Akira, yeah. that seemed like it was it was just a masterpiece. You know, every single frame was unique, and um, they were pushing the limits of what you could do with animation. You know, like that scene where the where the kid freaks out in the middle of the square and all the, all of the windows explode. Um, and mm. all the glass just rains down on everybody. I mean, prior to that, if you went into an animation room and said, this is what I'm thinking of doing in this scene, everyone would be like, yeah, well, fuck off. <laughs> like nowadays, yeah. it, it wouldn't be such a big deal um, because, uh, you know, the, you know, CGI and stuff like that. But back then, this is all hand animated, you know. They, they, I'm sure they had little tricks and techniques, but something like that, dude. Jesus, you know. Mm. Um, and also just one of those things where there's not a frame in the movie that's not, I mean, aside from there's obvious Blade Runner sort of influence and things like that. Um, or is there? I don't know. Maybe. Like the the flavor of the of the future feels very similar. So I don't know what came first and what was the deal. But um, it just like, it, it was so unique. Like visually, like their concepts and the artwork and everything. I mean, I'm sure it all came from the manga, but um man dude like you know it was breathtaking that's that's the best way to describe it you know my only my only problem with it is that it was made back in the day so 
you know, like it's a little bit murky and things like a lot of older anime is. It'd be, how amazing would it be if it was made today in like high definition and stuff? Although having said that, it wouldn't be the classic that it is if it was made today, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it wouldn't be as revolutionary as that one was, you know? Mm. Yeah. Did you, uh, have you watched that on a big screen or only, you know? No, nah, just, yeah, just of- at home. On, on, on DVD, probably on video actually, first of all. Um, but I watched a lot of it again recently on YouTube because um, the whole movie's on, oh, okay. on YouTube. So, yeah, I uh, don't know whether or not I'm supposed to be saying that, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you jump at the chance to see it in the cinema? Um, maybe. I guess it would depend if I could get away, like get the time in. Um, but okay, well let's let's say you had nothing else to do that day. Oh, for sure, I'd go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just to, just to, cause like the problem was I haven't seen it for several years. I mean, like I said, I saw a little bit of it recently on YouTube, but, um, I don't know whether or not it was the cut that I've seen. Cause I know there's been a few cuts of it, uh, but it never used to mm. make a lot of sense. That was the only, that was the only thing about it. Like it was very abstract in its concepts and stuff. Um, especially when you get near the end. Yeah. The end just sort of just goes way off the fucking off kilter. But, um, not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, mm. art can sometimes be abstract and a bit different. And, and, you know, like you could, you could draw a lot of correlation between how dystopian that future was and how it ended with, I yeah. mean, you got to remember this, the culture that created this film, it wasn't what we're talking mere decades prior. Um, they dropped the bombs, you know? Yeah. And so there's that influence of like the West coming in with, still to this day the the most powerful of weapons and just just decimating two entire cities you know um and i feel Mm. like there's a lot of that sort of horror and a lot of that sort of uh, i guess distrust of the future and 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 instability and um and all that but the the other thing the dangers of of, of the the dangers of technology and all that Yeah, yeah but but again juxtaposed against Okay, so you got to remember when this happened, we're talking, um, you know, the, most of the people in Japan at the time when the bombs were dropped were pretty much rural, you know, and and, to, and actually mm. a lot of them to this day still are. But like, uh, and I, I, I'm no Japanese historian or anything, so I'm probably really fucking this up. <laughs> but think about, <laughs> think about what happened to that culture. They went from essentially... Um, you know, I mean... The, Farmers. Japanese, well, Japanese culture has always been very progressive culturally. Um, but very mm. simplistic lifestyle was was the yeah. order of the day, and they went from there to in jamming into the eighties, which was what thirty years later, and it's one of the most technologically advanced civilizations on the planet, as far yeah. as manufacturing tech, you know, and 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 their culture centered around that as well. Everything was eyes to the future, like even I mean, think of Astro Boy, right? That was originally what the when did they make that? It was black and white, so it was probably the sixties or something, originally. And it's about mm. a future with, you know, a boy robot and stuff like that. And and this is like, where did that come from when, you know, 10 years prior, there, were, it was, there was no interest in, in future technology or anything like that. And then you've got the whole Macross thing and suddenly the culture revolving around um, uh, big robots, you know, like um, uh, what, what are the Gundams and stuff like that became yeah, the synonymous. And stuff, yeah. yeah, like it just <laughs> explodes out of nowhere. Um, and to the point where like technology is all consuming in their culture, 
You know, they've got a real problem now where people aren't having human interactions. Um, and yeah. so, you know, people are shoving themselves off. Yeah, they're literally just boxing themselves up and just existing online or existing in the world of whatever they're fetishizing as part of who they determine to be themselves. You know, mm. um, I mean, that's horrifically oversimplifying everything, but, you know, it feels like a lot of Japanese people from the outside looking in um, culturally identify themselves with um, not who they are, but what who they, they want to be well yeah what they surround themselves with identifies who they are like i watched this mm. little little five minute doco on audio files uh in japan uh, like you know people who are into vintage records and and stuff like that and these guys like there's one guy and he's like and i mean of course this happens everywhere but i feel like this is probably something that's pretty standard over there where this guy's foregone like he even says it out loud he goes i've got no time for a girlfriend i don't have any interest in in pursuing that because to me audio is 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 what I am, you know, like, and he lives in an apartment that's not much bigger than a bedroom, but he's got a hundred thousand dollar stereo, like speakers for his stereo. Like they're bespoke mm. custom made $100,000 speakers, probably something around that order of magnitude of the cost of like the actual record player. And he's got a wall of records um, and he has to move his couch to open the fridge, you know, Jesus. It's seriously like he like to get a beer out. He's got to like literally shift his couch to open the door because he doesn't, it's, it's, it's just, that's who he is. And that's who he identifies yeah. as, you know, um, and human interactions. Well, you know what it is? The more we get into technology, the more complicated human interaction becomes. Um, and mm. the more, you know, everybody now comes out with the social, I'm socially awkward. And, and of course a lot of people are, but I feel like it's becoming the order of the day. Like most people now would rather um, interact with people on Facebook than go to a party. I think if you did a survey, yeah. you'd find that, that at least, not, if not most people, I think a large portion or, a, a, um, you know, a, an unprecedented sort of large portion of the population would be find it preferable to not go somewhere, you know? Um, yeah. And so I, th I think it sounds like it's um it's become the new ADD, you know, like it probably was once a thing, yeah. But now she's using it as, as an excuse. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. You know, um, and I mean, I know I know lots of people with ser with serious social issues and things like that. But I mean, there's definitely people who just like, uh, well, I mean, I guess if if you're behaving that way, then I guess it is a condition, right? Like. <laughs> nobody's doing it as a fashion statement. They're just like more comfortable not interacting with people. So I guess you could say it is yeah. socially awkward. It's just more, more prevalent than it probably used to be. Um, mm. You know, and I think, I think also back in the day, people used to encourage people more to get out, get out of the house, go do something. Now it's like, don't go out. Yeah. It's dangerous out there. You know, like there's people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, lock, lock your doors by your windows, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and we probably live in the safest fucking time in human history. You know, in this country. Mm. You know, in, in, in I guess you could say in the West, there's not really that much going on that you need to be too terrified of, comparatively based on yeah. history. Like just listen to Dan Carlin's um, uh, hardcore history, and you'll you'll quickly find out, find out how fucking lucky we are right now, in 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 where we live anyway. You know. But um, you, you dropping more hints to me or what, <laughs> dude? Fucking, oh yeah, well, you know you got you got into the Joe Rogan the other day. We got to keep pushing. <laughs> yeah, no, that was um, 
how good was that podcast though that was really good yeah 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 fucking, he doesn't fuck my mind do you know do you know what's funny though like when i first started getting into listening to joe rogan uh, i heard a couple of really good podcasts and i thought okay wow he's had some interesting people on but and and then i'll i'll, I'll skip through the history and i'll be like yeah i don't not really interested in what that person has to say or this just sounds kind of boring but whenever i've run out of other ones i've put them on and realized that there's not really any podcast where the person hasn't had something interesting to say even mm. even if the description sounds kind of like something you probably wouldn't be interested in he just has this knack of getting people to talk about topics uh that that they would be typically out of their comfort zone or or topics that you would expect that wouldn't be part of their comfort zone you know that particular guest yeah and uh and and yet they seem to have really good opinions on it you know so it's it's uh i've, I've yet to find one that I, oh, there's actually probably out of out of the probably hundred i've listened to there's maybe been two or three that i sort of skipped and went ah, not really interested you know and often, yeah. you know, you read the description, and it's like, this is a guy who climbs mountains. And you're like, okay, whatever. How interesting that could that be? But it never stays on that for more than 20 minutes. It's always, oh, and by the way, I also <laughs> served as, you know, like this and that. And I did this and I've done this and this other thing. And you're just going, what? <laughs> where, where did this come from? You know? So what, de- what happened to the mountains? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely get into more, man. Like, ch- check out just a handful more, even if you skip through and just cherry pick stuff that seems interesting. And you'll find there's a lot of stuff in there that's um, uh, it'll open your eyes to a lot of things anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, but 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 other than that, you know, somehow carve out some time. Even when you just, well, I suppose you can't really do it when you're playing um, battlegrounds because you need to hear. But you could certainly be listening to yeah. Dan Carlin when you're gaming and shit like that because it's. Um, you know that's the beauty of podcasts man it's a great way to learn because it's passive entertainment you can do something else like yeah. I, I listen to them when i'm driving you know um but these uh yeah, i actually used to do that back in the day like i i would um chuck on some mario kart mute the tv and just put on music while i played yeah 100 percent. and and you know this is like dude i i've i've learned so much and I, it sounds cliched like oh you know I'm, it's like i'm getting educated but realistically man just by passively listening to um podcasts about history and stuff like that you just const- i'm constantly amazed at how much they can you know uh pummel into your mind in in a small period of time you know mm. um it just blows my mind and 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 how connected everything is historically when you start piecing pieces together and getting an understanding of history and things like that and um or or hearing from people who are experts in a field you know um yeah even if you're not interested yeah. in that topic all of a sudden they're so interesting and they're so uh into the into their world that they can make you interested in it you know it's so, i mean it's a good uh, that, that's yeah. that's what a good teacher is <clears throat> but um yeah i think that's also the kind of person that like rogan attracts as well 100 percent. yeah and, like, and, and he's, that, he's built up this reputation yeah and you definitely you definitely get a sense of that sometimes you'll hear guests talking about um stuff that makes you think, well, they obviously listen to the show, you know, because they've, they've talked yeah. to, they talk about podcasts he's had with other guests and things like that. And it's like, it, I'm sure it wasn't a coincidence that you just listened to that one, you know? Um, and he definitely yeah. attracts um, people who are definitely on the side of, I won't say anti-social justice, but people who are critical of social justice uh, in its, in, in its present form anyway. Um, you know, the, you hear a lot of rhetoric about, what's going on on college campuses at the moment and how everyone's crazy, you know, and things like that. So 
um, <laughs> through, through a whole bunch of different prisms. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, check it. Check it. Definitely get, if you get the time, check out more. Um, yeah, I'll have to carve out some time, like you said. Yeah, it's totally worth it, man. 100%. It's just a matter of how. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all we're all busy. So uh, on to today's topics. Um, obviously, yeah, I, that was a bit of a bit of a rabbit hole, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> went to a movie marathon. Fucking all of a sudden, we're talking about Joe Rogan and social justice. Um, the uh, okay, so people who listen to the show probably would know that I've, I've been a long time fan of uh, Spawn. Um, one of the first comics I ever got into. I mean, when I say I'm a long-term fan, I, I, I you know, up until about issue 26, and then I sort of fell away from it. Um, but I've always had a soft spot for it is what I'm getting at. And they've announced a new uh, movie, which is going to be written and directed by Seth MacFarlane. Uh, uh, not Seth MacFarlane, fuck. Yeah, that'd Todd, be weird. Todd MacFarlane. <laughs> Boy, that'd be awesome. Um, long, long time fan here, people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, but hang on a second. Who's been far more ubiquitous in the last 20 years? Seth or Todd McFarlane, you know? <laughs> um, oh, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, that's true, I suppose, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so the interesting thing, uh, what seems to have made news is that he's hooked up with uh, Bloomhouse, um, which is, what's the, is it Jason? No, who is it? The, uh, anyway, the, the guy who runs the thing. I mean, essentially... Um, they're, they're the, the guy who runs the thing. The guy who runs the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're the guys who've done Paranormal Activity, Insidious, and you know, recently they did Get Out, um, which is which I haven't seen, which I really, really want to see. But um, again, time. Um, that's uh, you know, they're they're pretty ubiquitous with with as far as the horror genre goes in recent times. Not a lot of other people are doing the stuff that they're doing. Um, which seems like that that's what everyone's sort of saying will be a good fit because by and large um, Spawn is is a horror comic, you know, and uh, it's it's about hell and Satan and all this sort of stuff. So who better to deal with that sort of material than than that studio, you know, um, mm. but uh, yeah, so I heard an interesting analogy. I was just doing some reading, and and they they, they were sort of pointing this out. That's like, yeah, yeah, it's you know perfect perfect amalgamation um, for it because of the horror genre and stuff. And you know, the original Spawn was very this original Spawn movie from the nineties was very cartoony, um, which is kind of reminiscent of the comic itself. You know, he's a big colorful, as evil as as the whole story is and everything. He's a big colorful sort of dude. Um, and uh, they, they definitely did it as a as a cartoon. And this guy suggested that the character of Spawn as, as a, you know, he's an assassin and a, you know, he's a killer, essentially. He's kind of should be more reminiscent of um, when, you know, you first see Batman in, in uh, Batman Superman. And he's like this figure that just sort of just sort of explodes out of the shadows, grabs someone, drags him back in, you know, um, crawling across the ceiling and just you know, overwhelming people with confusion and, you know, that sort of thing and, and darkness and shit. And I thought, fuck, that's perfect. If they could make a Spawn movie where Spawn is that guy, fuck, you know, I want to be terrified of Spawn. I don't want to, I don't want to, he's not the guy that you're supposed to um, relate to. You don't you know? necessarily root for him either. No, not at all. Um, he's, he's, he's 
fucking working for Satan, you know. <laughs> mm. But it's definitely. Um, uh, I guess working for and against him at the same time, but yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's it's, you know, I mean, I, I that's that's what's great about it, and and that's what's great about comic book cinema at present is that we live in a world where they can do a take on it that will make more sense. You know, mm. like back then, comic book movies and, and, and more certainly adult-related comic book movies weren't a thing. So the fact that the Spawn movie originally got made was miracle enough, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they did what they could with it. They made it very uh, CGI-laden and stuff like that, trying to push the tech element to sort of get more bums in seats. Um, but Hasn't aged well. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> One of the first instances. Like, I think I, I think I watched thing. it again. I think I watched it again like two years ago, yeah. something like that. And I was like, "Wow, this yeah, this is rough to get through." Oh. I mean, the movie itself isn't that great anyway, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I mean, you got to remember <laughs> this too. At the time, I had to explain to all my friends who Spawn was when we when we all went to the movies because yeah. we went because it was you know cool comic <clears throat> book character and shit like that. But they were all like, who, who is this Spawn dude anyway? And I'm like, fuck, it's this dude. He's fucking badass and shit. He's got a cape. <laughs> you know? And they're like, all right. But, you know, and I'm sure, don't get me wrong, it's not like nobody knew who Spawn was, but I was the only person I knew that was collecting the comic books and, and sort of knew what it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, you know, what, hopefully they... It's kind of funny. I feel time. like... Right. Sorry. I feel like Spawn is very like he hasn't really done anything. Mm. If I don't know how to explain this, like he's I feel like he's more well known now. Yeah, which seems like a no shit. But he hasn't like he's had the movie. That's kind of it. Like he's had yeah. guest spots in like games, but other than that, he has had no real sort of venture out into the world outside of comic books. Mm. Which makes me kind of curious as to how he's more well known today <laughs> than he was back then. Maybe because it was a terrible film. <laughs> it's like I remember that really bad movie from the nineties. Well, he's back. <laughs> you know? yeah, maybe. Um, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, it seems like it's it's an overwhelmingly nineties comic book that doesn't mm. hasn't really evolved at all. I mean, it probably has. I haven't been reading them, but I mean, the costume hasn't changed. There hasn't been the updates to the style or tone or anything as far as I know. Um, and that's strange because he is quintessentially nineties, you know, mm. um, there doesn't appear to be any growth to that other than the fact that time has passed, you know, um, even just the costume design and stuff like that. It's just really like, it's anti superhero, but superhero at the same time. Um, it's like yeah. they were trying to revolutionize who superheroes were back then. Cause it's, I mean, it is, it's post dark Knight, post, um, uh, Watchmen sort of era. So it's like, yeah, everybody's mm. doing dark superheroes now. Let's do a dark superhero, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and so basically mm. you distill that down, you get fucking spawn, you know? Um, but not everyone needs spawn in their life. That's what's confusing about it. You know, like, it's not. It's not like we yeah. need them. Like we need the Avengers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, just weird. I don't know. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, but you know, well, we'll wait and see on that one. But it's a good studio. They haven't really made any huge misses, as far as I know, in recent times. So, it'd be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, 
Oh, Ready Player One trailer dropped at the uh, uh, Comic Con. And yes, holy shit, holy shit! Now you just read the book. Yeah. So you're pretty well placed to be talking about this one. Um, what based on <laughs> what you've read uh, and what you saw in the okay. trailer? Give us, give us your your interpretation. Uh-huh. Um. Okay, I I think I watched the trailer before I started reading the book, and I was like, okay, it didn't actually do a lot for me. I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever, pop culture up the ass, who gives a shit? But then I started reading the book due to strong recommendations from people mm-hmm. who shall not be named. Um, and I started reading the book, and I was two chapters in, and then I think I either watched the trailer again or I, I remembered the trailer and what was in it. And I was like, this is... Uh, I'm I'm a bit concerned about this movie now. Really? Mainly because yeah. Mainly because the like the trailer really doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't really show anything. It's just a bunch of pop culture references. Yeah. Like just characters from other things showing they're, up. They're like, hey, check out all the licenses we paid good money for. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um but the the book itself and the story is so so steeped in the 80s it's just rooted in it it's it's the essence of the whole thing and you're seeing like the harley quinn and deathstroke and then you see like duke nukem and Mm. like all these other weird sort of things that popped up later on that i feel like it's gonna lose some of that 80s wonder because like that yeah. that's kind of what a lot of the stuff in the 80s was like especially in the world of pop culture fantasy yeah. sci-fi stuff it was just a lot of wonder and wonder and adventure yeah and i feel like it's going to lose a bit of that mm-hmm. um yeah if they if they over modernize it which is which is what the yeah it's like what the plot of the book is based on as well like it's mm. just a an adventure of yeah. like discovery well, I mean, ready and, player one is quintessentially an 80s statement you know that's that's where yeah, it came from, yeah. like you know, arcade machines and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, funnily enough, though, as as I read more of the book, and I finally finished it, a lot of the stuff in the trailer started making more sense to me. Okay. And like, aside from the the pop culture references that were after the eighties, I've actually got a little bit more faith in the movie. Mm. just just from like all the other stuff that i've seen in it and like i've read articles and stuff about what they're planning to do with it and whatnot Mm. so my mind is set a little bit more at ease and i think it won't be the book i mean let's just get that out of the way movies never are yeah um they're doing their own take on it there's already changes if you've read the book you can see stuff in the trailer that's like oh shit okay that's not quite right but if if they go if they do it right then i think it'll turn out to be a great movie it'll be a good sort of just quote-unquote summer blockbuster yeah. which you know spielberg's the monster of yeah i mean so. he hasn't fucked up a lot so interesting yeah yeah interesting to check out anyway oh, just, yeah, just on that level yeah yeah well i mean i mean I, they're getting my money regardless yeah yeah uh dude the second i saw that trailer and again i've got no investment in the movie whatsoever um uh, uh, sorry in the book um so i'm, I'm open for anything but Holy shit, if that, like, you know, I mean, essentially, it's like what I said. The trailer is literally, check out all the licenses we paid for. Um, but yeah, it's still, like, 
it's it's like the same. I had the same feeling watching that as I did watching, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Stranger Things, because mm. you know it just made sense to me. There was so much in there that I could just my mind could grab onto, and I was just like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and and it was sort of that same feeling. It's like, oh, there's that and that and this and this, you know. And I hope that that's more of a background piece of, you know, like you're not spending the whole movie just picking references. You're just watching a movie yeah. and then like and maybe on the second watching, you sort of realize how much you missed, you know, um, that mm. sort of thing would be cool, mm. you know. Um, yeah. It's still a bit funny though, like realizing, you know, Stranger Things was such a hit. Like it was such a massive hit yeah. and it was... That was essentially one 80s pop culture reference after another. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. Yep, I'll get there. But mm -hmm. that's what, what my understanding is. It's just, it's so fucking 80s. Yeah. Like even the show itself. Oh, 100%. The, <clears> the, plot the, the concept of everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then you've got you've got It coming out like next month. Yep. I think, or the month after. Mm. And that that's based in the 80s as well. Yeah, so but it's, it's like very people, much like Stranger Things, to be honest. There's yeah, a lot, you so, can pull a lot of correlation between the two. Yeah, people, from what I can tell, people don't seem to have a problem with the 80s. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's just an odd decision that with Ready Player One there, going this different route. Yeah, I see what you're to saying. To sort of appeal to a wider audience, where it's like these, these two things are appealing to the widest audience already. Well, see, the funny thing is, you talking about the book to me uh, a few weeks ago. The one thing that I found appealing, Max, shut up. One thing I found appealing was the fact that it was all 80s stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, nostalgia, you know? Yeah. Because I was there. Yeah. I played all those fucking games. You know, I was, the, I was the, I was the quintessential mm. 80s kid. I was born in 77. So, you know, my childhood was um, Back to the Future and uh, E.T. and all that sort of shit, which is, again, why Spielberg's the perfect fucking guy for it because nobody defined what an 80s fantasy movie was for young people more so than Spielberg, you know, he just, he yeah. just fucking did it. So to me, the fact that they would sort of move away from those references is a bit strange. Cause like he's the draw card and he's the eighties director, you know? Um, mm. I mean, just look at, um, look, look at, uh, not eight millimeter. What's it called? Uh, super eight. Um, where JJ was doing an 80 style homage to eighties young people, fucking movies by Spielberg. You know, because he's the guy who who fucking shaped all of our childhoods as far as entertainment went. You know, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, remains to be seen. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they'll they'll probably release a second trailer and mm. it'll show a bit more. Yeah. Or, or you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not as as concerned as I am, but oh, mm. as concerned as I was, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. So, um, uh, have you seen the Defenders trailer? Nope. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it's, it? It's a weird thing. No, it's a weird thing with these uh, Marvel Netflix shows. Like, I never watched the trailers. I I actually watched the shows well after everybody else has watched them. Yeah, right. For whatever reason. Yeah. The only one I think I watched right off the bat was Daredevil Season 2 because it was fucking Daredevil Season 2. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> That's my idea. Um, all, all the other ones sort of like I waited for a while and was like yeah I'll just watch it when I'm ready yeah yeah uh, honestly man it looks it looks cool um, they do a pretty cool um, 
uh, version of Come As You Are by Nirvana. They do like a bit of a retake on that through the trailer. It gives it some energy. Um, mm-hmm. But Sigourney Weaver seems to be the big bad in this one, which is cool. They got some gravitas behind that as well. Um, yeah. But um, the, the one thing that I found was a little strange, and this is kind of it's something I never considered, but it makes sense when you think about it. The only super suit in it is Daredevil. So anytime you see Daredevil yeah. and the crew, yeah, together, everyone else is like, whatever. They're just wearing like fucking yeah. clothes. And then you got this dude dressed yeah. up in the full costume. Like, and, and I think <laughs> what they've done to mitigate that is there seems to be heaps of scenes, at least in the trailer, where he's obviously just thrown something over his face. Yeah. Um, so he's just wearing whatever clothes he had on and he's got a rag or something and tied it around his head like his old school costume. Um, yeah, the first and, season. Yeah, and you're like, hmm, Max. Um, and uh, and so they've sort of done it that way. But every time you see him in the costume, it's just this weird, crazy guy in cosplay with a bunch of normal people. <laughs> but um, it's cool though. Like it's, dude, that, you know how they, they're known for doing their hallway fight scenes? They do like a big yeah. tag team one with like all four of them in, in the hallway just beating goons up, you know, which looks cool. That, that, that'd that be worth the price of admission alone, you know? Mm. I think I remember seeing a, a trailer for last year, late yeah. last year or early okay. this year. Yeah. And I remember there was, a, there was an exchange between Daredevil and Jessica and like they referenced his costume, yeah. I believe. I don't remember what the words were exactly, but it made me laugh. So I'm guessing it's going to be referenced in the show and they're just going to maybe take a few digs at him for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, in this in this trailer, she's like, nice ears. And he's like, the horns. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, what was the other thing? Uh, a Justice League trailer. So that dropped. It's, it's, you know, lots happened in the last couple of weeks, man. Um, yeah. Comic-Con happened. Comic-Con, Yeah. <laughs> Um, which was, yeah, the Justice League trailer looks good. You know, you see Steppenwolf officially for the first <laughs> time. Yeah, but like he was in the cut scenes from Batman Superman, wasn't he? Uh, uh, technically, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't think he made it into the actual original cinematic cut though, did he? No, he's in the um, Ultimate Edition. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so okay, so it's in that. But it's version. it's yeah. te- technically it's it's not him. Like it's a projection of him. Yeah, right on. Like yeah. he's he's talking to Lex through through a mother box or something. I can't remember. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Lex sort of brings about that connection. Yeah, that sort of rings a bell. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, same old thing. You know, it's the the one thing that sort of stands out to me is the thing I'm sort of like a bit fuzzy on is you know you see all these things where the big bad jumps up in the air and slams down and sends out like a fucking shockwave for miles around and they're just in a vast wasteland i'm like it's when did this yeah. turn into power rangers you know why can't it be in a city or somewhere where there's where people care you know like even in spider-man at the end when like the um not to give anything away but the the final battle sort of happens it's down on the, the thing lands on the, a beach. Yeah. You know, like yeah. right next to fucking fun park, you know, um, mm. place where people are going to care and notice, you know, it's like, it's like whenever there's this big throwdown with superheroes and stuff, it's always somewhere off site, you know, although I guess comic book related, they, they always sort of do that in, in the comics. Uh, not, not all the time. Like if it's a big event, usually there's civilians involved, but, um, yeah. 
I, I can give you an answer for that right now if you want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the Man of Steel. Man mm-hmm. of Steel ruined it. Well, not really Man of Steel ruined it, but everyone else ruined it because of Man of Steel. Yeah, they're like, um, Superman's destroying all the city. Yeah, and like all these people are dying. What the fuck? So yeah. now the studio is Superman doesn't okay. kill. Yeah, no, no. I'm like, fuck you. Like, remember in Batman vs. Superman, anytime something big would happen, there was always a character to say, don't worry, it's been, it's like deserted or it's abandoned or, yeah. you know, <laughs> no civilian casualties. They had to point it out yeah. just so they could please these fucking morons. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude. So, ever, ever since then, it's always been, you know, big fucking explosion. Oh, yeah. Don't, no don't worry, it's, or, we're on know, an island it's, somewhere. It's Detroit, who cares? Everybody's gone home for yeah. the day. <laughs> they'll they'll show like the fucking horn going off and all the people leaving, <laughs> going home yeah. to their families like, and pe- shit. People, you know. people want to see like, oh, you know, we, we want you to raise the stakes. We want you to fucking make this so goddamn epic and crazy and blah, 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 but we can't have civilian casualties. It's like, well, you can't have both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Dude, Just simply by virtue of how powerful Superman is, he wouldn't be able to bat his eyelids without somebody somewhere suffering as a result of it. And it, yeah. people need to accept yeah. that, you know. Um, and pretty much anything he does is going to affect somebody somewhere. You know, even if it's the fact that he, yeah. him being as powerful as he is, is going to attract attention from bad people, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, like, yeah, fair enough. He doesn't kill away. and they, they don't kill on purpose. But yeah, my God, like he, Superman knows it himself. He can't save everyone. Exactly. You know, and that's the, the concept. I, I, I came up with an idea for a story about that the other day. I was telling you where, you know, you have somebody who's, or was it you? I, know, I was talking to. Um, you have somebody who becomes an enemy of someone like Superman because someone they care about dies for whatever reason and mm. Superman didn't save them. It's like why, you, and they're just constantly watching the news and seeing Superman save this person, Superman save that person, but they didn't save this other person. You know, yeah. and so this person's got the shits. It's like, how, how how do you get to decide, essentially, who lives and who dies? You know, who who do you save and who you don't mm. save? You got time for all these other people, but you don't have time for my person. You know, that sort of thing. And uh, and yeah. the problem that he, he of someone like Superman facing down with a person like this is they don't have powers. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just a person with an opinion. Um, and I thought yeah. that that could be a real interesting storyline because it's. Um, you know, someone like that could cause somebody like Superman a lot of harm because it's mm. not about brute force and power. It's about power of ideas and power of tri- social change and power of, like, opinions in in the, the media and stuff. You know, if you've got someone on TV constantly out there petitioning for you fucking, you know, th- this person isn't... We never appointed this person. Why are they the judge, jury, and executioner, you know? Um, it's it, no matter what it is, as much as a hero Superman is, he's still sick, technically a vigilante, just happens to be yeah. on the good side, you know, that sort of thing. So it'd be an interesting dynamic. It's probably been done a million times, but you know me, I don't read a lot of comic books. <laughs> so, um, I, I haven't seen it done in that specific way. Yeah. But I haven't read every Superman book out there. But see, so. how does, how does Superman take on an enemy that, is unevenly matched. I mean, everybody's unevenly matched with Superman, but essentially there's always a big bad that's, they wouldn't go up against Superman unless they thought they could take Superman down, you know, Mm. but here's a person who's literally just a mother of two, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like there's no, 
yeah uh, yeah there's no way that they can compete but the the i mean in many ways that's a powerful fucking person because they don't give a fuck you know yeah like everybody who's ever seen superman do anything knows that they can't take on superman um unless they're crazy yeah. you know but somebody who just mm. has the power of conviction behind them so much so that they don't care that's a dangerous fucking person it's essentially like heath ledger's joker you know um he was yeah. just trying to make a change had no mm. real power other than intellect and um and an opinion and just wanted to demonstrate their ideas to the world about why all of this other shit is bullshit you know um yeah just be an interesting dynamic yeah mm. i mean to, to make it even more interesting the way they go about it would be through completely legal means so yeah like, yeah so like the government Superman can't argue like, yeah you've done this illegally yeah and like mm -hmm. i'm just taking you to jail it's like if you can find a way to somehow stop him in his tracks mm. and not be able to do anything about it that'd be fucked up <laughs> yeah for sure yeah just keeping superman locked up in red tape <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna mull on this I'm, i may or may not get back to you yeah no it'd, be, it'd just I'm be interesting interested. like it, i mean obviously it doesn't have to be superman but any any character as powerful as superman or even less so you know um could could find yeah, himself fuck in that. A, I'm make superman. <laughs> yeah. it'd just be a, a real interesting position for somebody like that to find themselves in and it's probably a little bit more realistic than you know having to deal mm. with aliens and shit like that coming down it's like you know and i mean they sort of touch on that with with the marvel universe as far as like people getting the shits with the avengers and stuff for attracting unwanted attention but from aliens and shit yeah. like that and yeah know. max come on the world doesn't want to hear your opinion or do that come here <laughs> come on come on no okay you can say that whatever Oh, Boxley McBoxley <laughs> over here. <laughs> um, okay, so the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, is, and again, this is one of these things where I, I, it sort of touched a nerve with me, um, but when you really process it, sort of like it's a, it's a, again you got this, the the vocal minority making a lot of noise, and then the community at large blowing it out of proportion. <laughs> You know, or actually, so the internet, the community, basically. yeah, well, really, really, just the media, I suppose, eh? Like, you know, somebody, like I was saying the other day, the um, four people can have an opinion on on the internet, and if if a journalist happens to see those four it's opinions, national news, it becomes the story. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody's mm. saying this. It's like no, 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 no. Like literally, three assholes said this, and this is the result. Yeah. Having said that, I do feel strongly about this, and it's um, it's the hashtag uh, campaign for make mine milkshake and it's about um very recently some some ladies who work at marvel on various projects um went out like you do for lunch or whatever and they all got milkshakes and they took a selfie and said hey milkshake crew you know like the same thing we would do at work you know some we'd all go out and do something post a stupid photo on social media and um almost immediately there was all of these comments from the murky depths of fucking fanboyism um saying horrible things like you know this is why comic this is why marvel comics suck now and things like that and i'm just mm. like well hang on that's uncalled for you know um and just just really horribly sexist and um bigoted sort of things um being said that to like i mean if it was if any of the girls in that photo were somebody or any of the women in that photo were, were somebody that you personally knew you'd be horribly offended if somebody was saying, 
you know, but because it's on mm. Twitter, it's 122 characters of no one gives a shit um, from opinions of people whose opinions don't really even matter. Um, but I, I guess the problem with it is, is that if, it, if this sort of stuff becomes the standard, then it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it has the ability to change the culture of others, you know, like if somebody you mm. respect was saying something like that and you weren't the kind of person capable of formulating your own opinion, then suddenly you're that person, you know? Um, and I, I don't like anybody criticizing anybody who wants to make art. Like you can criticize the art all you want. If you don't like Gwenpool, the comic book, don't fucking buy it, mm. you know? Um, but don't, dismiss an entire gender of people who are trying to create something that they love just simply because they have a vagina you know what i mean um or even yeah. even if they want to make comics that are and i i fucking hate to say this out loud but like girly style comics you know like like when in in more uh in more rats where banky goes i've read your book it's cute chick stuff but cute you know yeah um <laughs> like you know he's not gonna buy it <laughs> And, 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 and if that's that's the mm. worst of it, then that's it. But if but Banky wasn't going on social media and and telling everybody that fucking just because somebody's got a uterus, they can't make good fucking art, you know. I mean, look at Catherine yeah. Bigelow, man. She's responsible for some of the best action movies of all time. Director, obviously, not a comic book maker. But gender doesn't matter when it comes to creating, you know. And again, even yeah. and, and even if they want to make comics that are stereotypically targeted towards girls and teen girls and things like that that are stereotypically girly as opposed to trying to go the other way and saying, okay, let's make all these female characters that are really strong and powerful, like male characters. Um, it's, I don't know. It like they, they should be allowed to do whatever the fuck they want without criticism, you know? Or, well, actually that's not true. Everybody mm. should be allowed to criticize, but when attacks become personal, that's yeah. where I draw the right. line. You know, I mean, yep. we, we sit here every week and we have a go at whatever movies are, you know, shit or good or whatever. Um, and that's the thing. That's like everybody's entitled to an opinion. But when, mm. when you're trying to dismiss somebody's ability to create art um, or simply, you know, without giving them the chance to actually, you know, impress you, then that's just small minded, you know. Um, yeah. And you're never going to be happy with anything. So, you know, but that's, uh, so anyway, I made a, uh, you saw it the other day, I made a quick sketch of Nissa and put it up there on Twitter with the hashtag and stuff like that. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, no, nobody in my life has ever not been a hundred percent supportive of me doing art. In fact, every time I talk to somebody at work or whatever sees my work, they're like, why aren't you out there doing something? Why aren't you making money selling these and stuff like that? Um, that's <laughs> like constantly, it's just the first thing out of people's mouths nobody's ever said to me, hey, you shouldn't probably do that because you're a chick. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I live in a world where I just can't even fathom that as an attitude, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm, yeah. Su I'm sure all of these these female creators as well, they're obviously good at art, you know, in their own respective styles and things like that. And they're probably- yeah. the Otherwise reason they wouldn't be working for Marvel. That's right. <laughs> like if, if you know, and, and artists and writers and everyone, like the creators anyway, regardless of their job, um, the the only reason that they're probably doing it as a professional career is their whole lives people have told them how fucking good they are at it you know nobody mm. ever went and took a job or spent years studying to to get a job in in a field where everybody's going you know what maybe you know this isn't really what you should be doing <laughs> you 
Um, <laughs> um, Unless they were really defiant, they're like, "Fuck you, yeah. I'm going to do well, it." Well, anyway. that's true too. There's definitely there's definitely an element of that in in, in the creative world as well. There's you know, uh, you know, uh, for every success story, there's always another success story of somebody saying, "Everybody told me I couldn't do it." You know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I guess it really. So depends. I became Kanye West. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you keep doing it until everybody tells you you should be doing it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's that's like a little bit of a rant there, but I just feel like you know, if, I, if you haven't got something good to say, vote with your money, not your mouth. You know. Mm. Um, I mean, I mean in, in the end, the people that are spewing all that shit. Mm. they're the ones that are going to end up being the the bitter lonely people like yeah. n- not not anyone else it's it's all on it all falls down to them yeah and who they are as a person yeah 100 percent. you know so and uh i mean it's just it's just such a random thing like i've always thought it's the same with you know you, you get a lot of hatred from in the gamer community and again i say a, a lot and i feel like it's again it's a vocal minority of idiots but with gamers, if I was a dude gamer um, who defined myself as that, because I don't really define myself as a gamer. I'm someone who works in the games industry and, and things like that. But there's definitely people out there who are way more interested in that subject matter than I am. Um, I The last thing I'd be doing, if I was a single dude, it, it would be um, telling girls <laughs> that they have no place being fucking gamers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like I'd be encouraging like gamer girls you know i'll be like hey man fucking because you know what the, every once in a while i get customers coming in going yeah i need an extra controller because me and my chick you know we, we we've been playing all these games together and stuff i'm like that's living the dream you know this yeah. guy fucking gets it because you know why that's happening because he didn't tell his girlfriend that she shouldn't be a fucking gamer you know yeah um so yeah I, you know encouragement man <laughs> It's a, Kevin Smith always says it, it's, it, it costs you nothing to encourage an artist, you know? Um, mm. And, and the, the potential reward for doing so far outweighs anything you could possibly gain from not encouraging an artist, you know? Um, and yeah. It, that goes triple for people working professionally in the art industry, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, so where are we for time? We've got, got about... Oh, no fuck, idea. Comic of the week. Go do comic of the week. Hang on, let me press the button. Ready? <laughs> All right, comic of the week. All right, hit us up, man. What do you got? Uh, honestly, I haven't really thought of one yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's cool, man. Just, re- just recycle something from, from one of your other podcasts. <laughs> it fucking... It snuck up on me, man. I was like, yeah. Jesus. Um... Well, Hold look, on, look me... you know what? At the end of the day, I've pressed the button already, so we can move on. <laughs> I just I just like doing it because I get to press the button. Uh... <laughs> no. Oh, God. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me think. Well, all right, do you want I'm me to move to think on? Because I've actually got an artist focus this week. I actually went to the trouble yeah, of making one. All right, so, all right, just disregard the comic of the week, people. Disregard it. Just right. know I'm probably probably not going to listen to you you're going to fall into the background while i just yeah yeah that's all right so all right so let's skip ahead to um my artist focus this week is one that's very close to mine and michael's hearts um jerome pena and i hope i'm pronouncing that right um we both i mean you you may 
have been aware of him earlier, but we both sort of came into knowledge of this guy through the, his latest work, which is um, Seven to Eternity, which has been uh, super successful. It always seems to sell out and stuff at the comic book shop and stuff. Um, and I, I imagine that's in no small part due to the artwork. It's fucking amazing. Um, have you put that on your pull list yet, like officially? No, I don't think I have. I keep forgetting. I've been to the comic book shop in weeks. I've got to get down there. Um, but what, what strikes me immediately with Jerome Pena's work is that his shading style, his inking style is vastly different to just about everybody else in the industry. Um, he doesn't use your typical sort of hatching that most people do to sort of indicate shadow. He does these weird triple line sort of, um, uh, I don't even know. Like, it's like he'll, he'll just draw topography almost, you know, like a, like a, like a map. Um, like a topographical map uh, and he'll do like three or four lines and it'll be disjointed and sort of angular and stuff like that and sketchy, but it adds texture in a way that is really different to how everyone else sort of does it. And it's, it's really cool. His relationship between like black and white, like the darkness and the lightness in a shot is beautiful as well. Um, uh, and his figures are really good. He's, the way he draws people is he's, he's clearly just exceptionally good in, in every facet of, of, comic art but um one thing that we've talked about with seven to eternity which is really impressive is his ability to do world building um and if you look at that that book in particular um there's so many uh i guess you could say cultural cross-reference sort of things that don't fit into the world but somehow they do like you've got characters that are very futuristic sort of cyborgy robot kind of characters mixed in with deeply sort of imbued sort of fantasy kind of um aesthetic sort of characters as well and it's definitely a fantasy world like the planet or the whatever existence that they're in it's definitely heavily rooted in fantasy but then you've got these techie sort of characters that if you were making a film wouldn't make sense you know like why the fuck is robocop in this fucking in in lord of the rings kind of situation but somehow the world that him and uh, uh rick remeter have sort of come up with um <laughs> It just works, you know? And I think that's in no small part to his ability to take something that is ridiculous and making it look realistic, you know? Um, but yeah, he's a bit of history. He's actually a Filipino-born uh, artist, um, spent most of his childhood in Taiwan, and then they moved to America when he was about 16. Um, attended art school for four years and graduated when he was 24 years old. Um, he sort of floated around. This is all from the wiki page. Um and did odd jobs and occasional illustrations or whatever, but then just happened to bump into Rick Remender um, and has collaborated on many of his projects since. So it's just one of those serendipitous kind of things where some dude just bumped into some dude and went, fucking, I make comic book. It's like, cool, I can help with that. <laughs> Next minute, someone's got a career, you know? Um, but uh, hasn't been a hell of a lot of um, in the bibliography, uh, but definitely uh, there's a lot of work, done some Star Wars stuff, um, what else? A Wolverine one shot, uh, Punisher, Vengeance of Moon Knight, um, Deadpool uh, with Remender, Uncanny X Force, Avengers. So he's, he's had his hands in pretty much every pie, but Seven to Eternity is the one that sort of jumped out and grabbed me. So, um, and again, it's because of that juxtaposition sort of style thing. It's not they're creating their own world. You can jump into it, and you don't have to have preconceived notions of it being a franchise or anything like that. So. You know, um, yeah, but anyway, that's it. Um, I'm a big fan and uh, you should definitely check out anything he does in the future. So, yeah, man. All right. 
So I'm pressing the button again. You you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm good. There we go. We're out. <laughs> Gotta wait for the audio file. <laughs> All right, what do you got, yeah, man? Fair. Um, it's something I mentioned before, actually. Mm. But um, your your make my milkshake thing kind of got me to sort of do this one. Mm. Uh, pretty deadly. Pretty deadly. Yes, I've mentioned this before. I know yeah. I have. You've probably forgotten. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I have. It's a. <laughs> sorry, sorry go it's a. <clears throat> it's a comic written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who works at Image at the moment. She she writes Bitch Planet as well. Oh yep yep. Um, which I don't know if you've heard Bitch Planet either. No, but you've. But yeah. Um, yeah, written by Kelly Sudeconic and penciled by Emma Rios. So you got two, two females there already. Yeah. Colorist is uh, Jordi Belair. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure on gender with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you should not presume it. Regardless. Yeah, it's it's a. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a sort of Western style comic with um fantastical elements i guess okay yeah think think sandman and preacher set in the wild west <laughs> i guess okay sure um, yeah i'll i'll read the official description so you can sort of get a rough idea mm. so death's daughter rides the wind on a horse made of smoke and her face bears the skull marks of her father her tale of retribution is as beautifully lush as it is unflinchingly savage wow so yeah um there's a lot more to it than that. There's there's this whole backstory about death and how he fell in love and blah blah blah, all this other oh, stuff. And there's like yeah. different assassins. I do remember you talking about this now. Yeah. Yay! See. Yeah. Um, see, I listen. Yeah, that that'll be that'll be my comic of the week. I actually want to go back and read it again. Um, mm. I don't know if it got cancelled or not because there's like all this stuff going around and blah blah blah. There hasn't been anything since like. 2015 i think or maybe even 2013 okay but yeah i, I really hope it's not dead in the water because mm-hmm. i really love it I, I want the story to continue but you know there's two trades out at the moment so it's not, not you don't have a lot to get through you can get through it pretty quick mm-hmm. um and it's just such a good read it's just so beautiful to look at it's mm-hmm. fucking amazing i suggest you look up emma rios okay and and jordi Belair. like you'll probably dig a lot of their shit yeah, yeah. so yeah um but yeah pretty deadly do it pretty deadly it's fucking great pretty shit. sketchy good shit <laughs> <clears throat> yeah <laughs> did not make that connection shut up yeah <laughs> yeah all right um well there you have it folks um uh, pretty sure that's us at time yeah yeah a bit over actually all right so um all right so oh and essentially I should point out comic of the week was brought to you by uh, real issues. Uh, another comic that uh, Michael does. So you should check that out. Um, all right. So thanks for checking in. We can't do this without your support. If you like the uh, show, please spread the word, um, share our show wherever you can. You asked me the other day if I'm reading this off something. <laughs> Clearly I am because <laughs> I'm reading it like fucking dog balls. <laughs> um, okay. So if you uh, want to listen to the show on your commute, search iTunes for pretty sketchy podcast and subscribe. If you are listening and you want to see what I'm actually doing, um, check us out on YouTube and again, just search for pretty sketchy podcast. Thanks again, Michael, for joining us today and, uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>